You're listening to The Dirt on Dating with your host, Noah Scott. Whether you're on the prowl or spicing up your relationship, we've got the dirt to help you find success in today's digital dating world. Welcome to this episode of The Dirt on Dating Show. I'm Noah Scott. And guess what, guys? Today, we have a partnership on the line with us. So sharing the mic today, we've got Avi and Ari. So Avi and Ari have been together since 2015. They got married in 2018. Ari works as an event in event management, and Avidan is a retired figure skater who now coaches skating. And they're both living in New York City. Welcome to the show, guys. How's it going? Hey, going on? Thanks. Fantastic. So tell everyone just a little bit of a background behind you guys. So you're married, you're in New York City. You've got a, this brilliant, uh, beautiful apartment. You're cooking for Ramadan. Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. Okay, so... Jewish New Year, but it's close. All right, introduce yourself, Sam. Sure. So this is Ari. I've been living in New York for the past 13 years, I think. I came here for college and went home for a few months back to New Jersey and then officially moved to the city. And it's one of those love-hate relationships sort of things. The city could be great and it could be hell. But I came out in like, when I was about 23, 24, started dating like on a bunch of different apps and stuff. And then started dating Jewish guys once I found out that there was a way to start dating Jewish guys as a Jewish guy myself, which I never thought was like a possible thing growing up Orthodox. And then shortly down the road, I was introduced to Abidan. And you could say a bit. <laughs> Hi, I'm Avidan or Avi. Either is good. So I actually grew up in New York City in the Bronx. And I lived here until my early teens. And then I started doing well in competitive figure skating. So I actually moved away and I lived all over and I had a long career. And then I skip all that. I retired three years ago, about, about three years ago. And I moved back to the city and I started at Columbia University. And I also worked coaching skating. So yeah, Ari and I actually met while I was not living in the city. So the beginning of our relationship was a long distance. A mutual friend introduced us and uh, that was difficult. And we navigating that was interesting, but here we are now. Yeah. And so are you still friends with the, with the matchmaker? Yeah. 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 He's a friend of ours. He, he lives and works in the city, so not too far. Great. And so Ari, earlier you were talking about coming out at a late age, you know, you were 20 when you came out. Uh, I was, so yeah, I was, I think like totally out wasn't really until maybe I was 28 only because I didn't really tell any of my childhood friends, like 22, 23, I started telling my like inner circle of friends by 25, I told most of my family. And then I think people started figuring it out around the the global community started figuring it out when I was definitely like later on in, in my years. Although it's, it's one of those weird things where, like, for me, I, I used to think that 25 was young to be coming out. And now it's like, as we go, like every year, it seems to be like, luckily, kids feel more comfortable coming out earlier and earlier. And we get a lot of messages on our Instagram from 13, 14 year olds who are just looking for anybody to talk to about coming out. And it's just, it's a crazy thought, like being 13 when I was 13, I didn't know up from down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I want to open the floor up a little bit to to talk about the, the early single gay lifestyles for both of you. So I'll let 
each of you share a story of a time when you, before you were married and dating each other, and you're learning about just how dating works, the exploration of figuring out, okay, this is how it is dating as a gay male in, in the city. Like, share an ex- a story. It doesn't necessarily have to be an exciting, risque story, but we do love those. Maybe just I'll let each of you go. So yeah, I'll, be, I'll go first. Avidan um, definitely has a better backstory because he was having fun and I was like scared in the closet. <laughs> so yeah, so our experiences coming out and growing up gay were actually very different. I, I also grew up in a modern Orthodox uh, Jewish family. But because of skating, I actually moved away. I started like moving away from home. Like I would spend the week away and come home from weekends when I was like 13, 14. And then by the time I was 16, I was out and had out of the house and had my own apartment. And I was not living at home. And I was that's like young to move out. I also started coming out much earlier. Uh, by the time I was 18, my parents, my whole family knew. And before that, my friends knew. So uh, much different experience than Ari. But uh, single dating life was very interesting. I've been to a lot of countries because of the skating. Met and been with a lot of men due to that. But yeah, I, having your own apartment at 16 maybe is very healthy for sexual exploration, but not great for like responsibility. Yeah. I don't know if I have a general great story there, but just I had what's a lot the of biggest, What's the biggest mistake you made dating early? What was, maybe there was a time on a date that you acted like a douche and then you're looking back and you're like, oh man, shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So definitely been there. I, tr- I tend to view like the gamut of life experience in dating and work and everything, like everything is the learning experience. I don't think I can think of a specific time that I, I actually, I have a story I'll say after this. I just, dating is about learning for the future. So yeah, when you first start dating, you're not amazing. You're not suave. You're not on top of it. You have no idea what's going on. You're nervous and sweaty and you just want to impress the other person. And I've definitely been there where I was like molding who I was to meet what, to meet what I thought their expectations would be. And then as you get older, you realize, no, you can be yourself. And that's how you find someone or multiple people, depending what you're into, to spend time with. A story was, I guess I met when I was like in my teens, I met someone on Grindr. And they, is when I first started realizing I don't have to like change myself to meet people's expectations. And we got, I got in his car and I was just very uncomfortable. And I was like, no, you have to drop me off right now. And it was very awkward because it was their car, but I was proud of myself for standing up for myself. Cool. It's fascinating. There's a phrase that I have a friend that says, whenever you do anything in life, you have to suck first. You have to just be really bad at it. And it's really cool that you bring that analogy into dating. And at the beginning, we all are rookies. And the only way you're going to be able to have the ability to get in there and, and know your way around, like how to communicate with the partner, how to pick up an attractive partner, how to approach and have the confidence is by doing. And it's really the experience that comes from just throwing yourself in the fire and you gotta, <laughs> you just gotta play it to get better. So thank you for yeah, sharing that. I totally agree with that. And I think marriage is the same. We've been married already for a couple of years and we've been dating for six years and there are still things that new situations arise and we learn together. Yeah. All right, Ari, what, what about Ari? What about you? So I think I, I went on my first like real date with a guy I met on OkCupid. And even like at one point I wanted to write like a book on dating sort of things. And like, it would be like the opening chapter would be like, okay, Sam, like, like the guy's name was Sam. I met him. Okay. Cupid. He was very sweet. I remember zero of the conversation because the whole time I was just thinking, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Someone's going to see me out on a date. Someone's going to know somebody here. I was just freaking out. Had no idea what I said. If I said anything, no idea what the guy said to me. 
he was very kind and I made it very clear. There's my first date ever, like real date with a guy. And it was actually right around like where we live right now, which is funny that like we, at the time it was like all the way downtown for me. And then I live here, but it took me out. It was freezing cold. We went to this cute little restaurant, got cake. And it was just such a surreal experience. And I didn't feel like I was part of it. It just, I felt like, all right, I'm here, but I'm not actually on a date right now. I just remember the date ended with taking like a quick walk to Lincoln Center, which is in New York, I guess, no, Lincoln Center. It just had a big like promenade outside and like big walkway. And we were standing in front of a fountain and I was so cold. I was like, my nose is so runny. And I just want, I wanted to look cute. So I didn't wear a heavy coat, which is like a classic gay mistake. Like sometimes wear a heavy coat. But I wanted to look cute. And I was wearing this like little nothing coat without a scarf, without a hat or anything. And he was at the end, he was like, all right, I'm going to kiss you now. That's okay. And I was like, yeah, totally. And I was like, it was just the grossest, sloppiest kiss. That's our dog. Sorry. We're dog dads now. But I was like, once I got that first real date out of the way, I was like totally ready for it. Wanted to go on dates with anybody, everybody. And I didn't really have a type. I think it was more like if I was, if I was any bit like interested in someone and they were any bit interested in me, I was like super excited about it. I think a lot for me and like a lot of my friends, because we were, because we had to be, we were so that was a late in life. We were already in our twenties and like a lot of people in my situation, just like we hadn't had any experience with any gender, any, any, any person. There was like, I didn't even have like my first kiss until I was in my twenties. And like, it was just, once I got, once I, once I got the ball rolling, there was like a period of let's go out, let's meet somebody, let's hook up. We're doing this. And it wasn't, I, I don't want to use the words like slutty stage, but like there was like a messy stage where I wanted to like experience like all different things. I wasn't into a drug scene or, or anything too crazy. And for uh, the average gay guy, it's just, okay, you hooked up with someone, what do you do? But for me, I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm hooking up with one guy every single week, at least it has to be at least once a week. Otherwise it's not worth it. It was a waste of a week. Wow. That's so wild. Yeah. To go from the, that 180. I think I did a similar experience when I was coming out of high school. I was just like, Oh, this is what dating is amazing. Yeah. So funny. I, the brings me, reminds me of a story. I had a, a partner was my partner was telling me about this thing called the kiss of death. And that's like when you give a first kiss from somebody and it's so bad that you just don't want to, you don't want to <laughs> kiss them anymore. Have you ever experienced that? Yes. It hasn't always been a kiss. I remember vaguely one guy I went on a date with had like very bad breath. I didn't even kiss him because, and that was such like a turn off, and I like couldn't because. And then there are other mannerisms. Sometimes like you just don't get along with someone. Yeah. I went on one date and it was, we went to Starbucks to get coffee. Thank God, because it was literally the worst date I've ever been on. We had nothing in common, nothing to talk about. He seemed really disinterested. I was like, I went out of my way to make this happen. It was awful. I yeah. hated it. And that was like kiss of death just because our personalities. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't necessarily have to be with the lips. So for the other gay Jewish men that are listening to the show, what is the app that you guys use? Yeah, when we met each other. So it was a mix. I saw Avidan on a site called, on an app called JSwipe, which is like Tinder for, for a guy, for people who are looking for Jews or 
Jewish themselves. Like if you don't have to be Jewish to use the app and you don't have to be looking for someone Jewish. If you like, you can be Jewish looking for someone else. But they started like, originally with just, you know, uh, male for female. And then they opened it up to anybody for anybody. You could set your preference for anything. And I found Avidan, I think, I don't know, it definitely was not my first week using it. But he was passing through from Pennsylvania to the Bronx. And I saw him. He claimed he didn't see me. But the person that I was with was like, oh, I actually know him. We went to camp together. We're still friends. And he ended up setting us up. It took a little while because the guy, like our friend who set us up, was interested in Avidan himself. It was. It took a few weeks to get Avidan's like, number out of him. But I finally... Yeah, we swapped like numbers and we spent the entire first night just like texting each other back and forth. And it took a week before we actually got to go on a real date. Um, because I was living in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Which was uh, two hours, like 110 miles away from Manhattan. But yeah. So it, yeah. Took, it took us a week and our first date was actually on Valentine's Day. Romantic. An app called JSwipe. And I'm sure there's tons of more things now. It's been a while since using like a dating app to find someone to date. So now before we, we run out of time, I feel like we, we've got to explore a little bit about the dynamic between the two of you. Before the show, we were talking like, are you open? Are you fully exclusively monogamous? How do you structure that? And, and how do you deal with the wandering eye and an occasional desire for novelty? Like, How does that work yeah, in your relationship? Um, so we're both very sex positive in the way that we both believe monogamy, uh, polyamory, anything. If, if it works for you, it's great. There's, there, should, there is a lot of stigma around it and there should not be. We also are very aware that it's impossible to get everything from one person. Your best friend doesn't give you everything. Your parents don't give you everything. A large part of it is trust. I don't really care if Ari looks at another guy. In fact, often I'll be like, oh, look at this hot guy because I can relate to that. And it's all about that trust and keeping the other person happy. And if that means flirting with them, like, I don't even care. We're both very flirtatious people. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like most gay men. And that's fine for me. I, I don't believe I can give my partner everything. And I know, he, I know he doesn't feel the same way. I'm a very nerdy person. And some of the games I like to play, he has no interest in. And just I have friends who I play those games with. Same too with attraction and attention and all of that stuff. But it, it, you definitely like any relationship, whether it's romantic or otherwise, professional relationship, if you have to you have to communicate and find your right communication tool. When we first started dating, like we mentioned, it was long distance and it was all about each week when we got to see each other for a day and a half, basically once a week, we had to like reestablish the relationship. And it took a while for us to really get past just the flirtatious, infatuatious stage. And, and come to an understanding of, you know, how we actually communicate as, as a couple, as a romantic couple. And at the beginning, there, there were stages where it was, especially Avidan not being in New York and being totally removed from the New York gay scene, which is intense. There were times where I was at a drag show one, at one time, really early at our, in our relationship, and I got called on stage for a striptease sort of thing. And he got extremely jealous and very upset. That, like, I don't believe that you went on stage and like, took your shirt off in front of other people. And there, there was like this learning experience of well, you have to you have to trust me, and I definitely have to communicate with you as to what I'm doing and how I'm doing that. But then that's with, like I said, with any couple, not just romantic, but otherwise, it just really have to start off with 
communication and being open about who you are as a person. I don't really go up on, especially now during it, but in general, I'm not really comfortable going up on stage at a drag show now to take off my shirt, but that's because I no longer have a shirt, the body that I want to be showing off to people. But if I did, I would not totally be totally for it and happy that I was getting up there and excited. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's also the communication, right? Like being able to communicate that and say, Hey, are you okay with this? And then, yeah, actually I'm, I would be okay with that. Rather than having it be a surprise later, I think that's always something that in a partnership, it's always good to have those things communicated. So for the, just because we're out of time, I'm sure I could keep going for a while with with just the stories here, but let's end the show with a story from each of you about a time that your partner has done something really special and it just made you feel like I'm in the right relationship. Oh God. So this is a hard one. So we like to joke that Ari is one of those people who like goes out of his way for people, like not just me, for his friends, his family. He's one of those people who always gives like amazing birthday gifts, like that you can never match that he heard you say something like three years ago. So I have a lot of those stories about Ari and I was very busy with my career, except for the last couple of years. And now I'm in school full-time at like very difficult school. So I, I feel like he'll probably have less of them. Not that I don't love him and care him. I just show it in different ways. But there have been times that Ari has booked flights and trips out to visit me when I lived in like Michigan or Pennsylvania. Like when I was having a bad day, he would literally buy a ticket and come just to see me for 24 hours before he had to turn around and go home because he had work and I had work. My early in our relationship, I actually tore a muscle in my labrum all the way through and I had to get basically reconstructive surgery on my shoulder. And it was a bad injury. And I was I couldn't skate or do anything with my right arm, which is my dominant arm for months. And he came to my parents' house, having just like met them and was spent like a lot of time there, like taking care of me because I was like recovering there. I needed someone to help me in, at least in the beginning. And that must be uncomfortable for someone who had just started dating a few months ago. So that one always sticks in my mind, but yeah. He already is like one of those people who will like go out of his way to make sure the people he cares about feel loved. I think for me, it's just, it's more simple. Like Avidan, like obviously if you like, like remembers like any little small thing uh, for me is always like a big deal, but the, something that like is people take for granted, Avidan loves saying, I love you. And early on in our relationship, I was like, you say it too much and it, it makes it seem like, I don't like saying it because it makes it seem like it's, it's like stupid to saying like, Hey, bye. I love you. Bye. I love you. Whatever. But when he really like, when I do something and he gets emotional and then says back to me, I love you so much or thing that for me is a big deal because there was for so long, I didn't think it was possible to, I didn't even know what it meant really, even to someone like be like obsessed with somebody and then actually have that person reciprocate that back to you and like love you back in, in, in a way that you'd want. Like it, I, when I was late twenties, even I would just, totally okay with the fact like, yeah, I might not ever find someone that's totally fine. And I could be happy if people have done it before, but just the very fact that someone could love me and I could, I love me as equally as I love them. For me, is just a big deal. And getting reminded of that is something that I actually just keep in mind not to be taking it for granted. Wow. That's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing your stories with us. It, it's been a blast and, and I'm really excited to just see the, the dynamic between the two of you and just how you've grown um, together as individuals and as a partnership. Thank, thanks again for taking the time to be here. Yeah, yeah. Our pleasure. It was great speaking with you. How do people stay in touch? 
and find your on your Instagram? How do they? Uh... You could always follow us on Instagram. We try to respond to as many messages as we can, especially like anybody in need. If anyone just just needs to chat, whatever it is, we definitely try to respond as much as we can. You can find us at Brights Boys, which is a mixture of our last names. It's B R E I T Z B O Y S, Brights Boys. And it would just start off as like something fun we were just doing, just to show people that we were together. Normalized queer Jewish relationships, which is not very visible. So that was big for us. And we actually get a lot of messages from kids who are maybe in like ultra Orthodox homes who can't come out and asking for advice constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. So important. So having that line of communication is really huge. Fantastic. Thanks again, guys. And enjoy the holiday. Thank you. Enjoy the, enjoy the food. We can't Thank wait. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Dirt on Dating Show. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Stay safe. Talk dirty. And we'll see you here tomorrow for another wild dating adventure.